bison versus buffalo. Oh. Holy hell. Does it drive me nuts? Wow, you are We have never, ever had buffalo in this country living, roaming the plains. It's never happened. It's not going to happen because it's a totally different animal. We've had bison, American bison specifically. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And this week... Out with the old and with the new. Did I steal your line? I think I did. Uh, I don't know. Did you? Maybe. We are. It was good. Who cares? I don't know. Clean out the beer fridge. This was Dolan's idea. Uh, I like this idea a lot. As always with us, producer Dolan on the the little box over there. Hey. Hey, Dolan. What's up? I can see you really well right now. Hmm. Do you know why? Why? This is 2020. Oh. Oh. You're so Vision. I'm sure we won't got it. We won't hear that at all, I'm sure. Mm, well, let's just get it out of the way now. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so cleaning out the beer fridge, here is one problem that we don't have, and it, it is, quite honestly, it's uh, probably, you know, what was that, first world problems? Yeah. We've had, since we've been doing this, we're, how many episodes are we in, Dolan? How many? Oh, what? boy. 60. We're on 70, I 70 think. Yeah. Ish, ish. Actually, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Over a year's worth of doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Our travelers have either brought or sent or given us more beers mm-hmm. than we can possibly ever cover. Well, I, I don't know about possibly. I mean, we oh, we'd we have could. to make a commitment. Yeah, we could go twice a week and still yeah, and have still not enough. touch it. No, yeah. so inevitably some of these beers get pushed to the back of the fridge or whatever. There's like uh, as decisions have to be made, right? Yeah, so we are cleaning out the beer fridge this week. We have one, two, three, four, five. Beers that we didn't get to in 2019 that we're going to fly through right now. Let's do a little full disclosure for the folks. Okay. We had different beers selected. We did. And what happened to those beers, Rich? Um, Somebody doesn't follow the rules uh-huh. with the secret beer fridge. That'd be Steve Seitner. That is correct. And he went in there and he grabbed a couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we had to do a little backpedal. Yep. And we've come up with some other beers to clean the fridge out with. Because mm-hmm. luckily, we still had extras after the fridge cleaning. There was still plenty. Yeah. yeah. But we've got some fun, different ones in here that we'll get to. There's a brown. There is a fruit smoothie double IPA. I mean, why not? Sure. Go with this one. This one's... Oh, this one's weird. I don't know. This, thanks to uh, Mary Mitchell, who sent uh, the action figures mm-hmm. from a couple weeks back. This is Old Bay Summer Ale from Flying Dog Brewery. Yeah, I hope it tastes like shrimp Wait, cocktail. I was gonna say like Old Bay, Old yeah. Bay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah, don't like look. crab boil. Yeah, and you're getting a full cup of that. Uh huh. Oh. Yep. And then two from uh, recruiter extraordinaire and friend of the show Heather Kyland. Yeah. From Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company down in Houston. Uh, there's a white ale. That's a double IPA there, son. And a double IPA. Oh yeah. So Dolan can't drive anywhere after we're done here to go get food or whatever. So. Well, I still better get some tacos. Uber Eats. Uber Eats tacos today. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Plug. Mm, there we go. So okay. So which one do you want to start with? 
Uh, let's go with the, oh boy. Uh, let's do the La Brea Brown. Let's do that. Okay. Because that's the darkest one that we're going to encounter today. True. Uh, and then that way we can uh, utilize our extra cup. So I'm going to go with a red cup on this one. I'm going to do the same for you, Dolan. Uh, and then we can just IPA it up with those with the glass glasses we have. All right, so I have uh, abbreviated my research uh, as as you as I would normally do on these. As you're pouring, La Brea Brown is uh, by Fossil Cove Brewing Company at 1946 North Birch Avenue, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, I checked Untapped. We will uh, we'll get to this here in a little bit. Um, ABV was NA. Mm. Wow. So, N-A, I don't... Uh... Well, it says 6% on the can. I'm going to do a little research for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 IBUs, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to taste and smell a little bit like chocolate and spices and uh, dried fruit. I can smell that. I can smell... Uh, here's the thing. I, it's very carbonated smelling, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily bad. You know, I don't, nope. I don't have that problem generally. I... Definitely... Oh, that's kind of cool. So on the can, mm-hmm. it says drink local, and it's in a mug, but it's the state of Arkansas, and they just stuck a handle on it. Oh, very nice. So that's this cool. is false advertising. I'm just mm. going to go ahead and say, and here's why. Okay. La Brea is a tar pit. Right. That's in California. Mm-hmm. That's in uh, Los Angeles, California, to mm. be honest with you. Uh, not in Arkansas. Mm. Uh, and I've done a bunch of research about it. Oh. So that's where we're going. That's why I picked this one first, right? All right so let's well, take a smell here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We're going to hear that five times today. God. You know that, right? We don't have to. Mm. Five times. It, it, it doesn't work very well with the plastic cup. Good. Hmm. hmm. Well, I liked the smell better than the taste. Mm. I like the t- I get the dried fruit. Mm-hmm. It's almost like coming off of the... It's less spiced, but it almost has the same backbone of, of the holiday beers. It kind of does. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, my first impression is it's thin. Well, it's a brown. But it's not a stout. It's not a porter. But it's a brown. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know why, but some of the best brown ales I've had are here in Nebraska. There's one out west called Divots that has a great brown ale. I love it. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, There's another one in Lincoln called Backswing that has a great brown ale. Okay. Um, uh, There's there's a couple in Colorado that I've had that are fantastic. This is... uh, mm, Okay. We're going to get into it. Here's another thing, all right? So I did a research on this thing, because I've heard of the La Brea Tar Pits. Mm-hmm. I think most people have heard of them, but I don't know anybody that's ever seen them or been there. Do no. you? Have you ever been there, Dolan? No. It's like right in the middle of downtown LA. What? It's like off of a famous street. And uh, yeah, so that's weird. On the can, here's what they got maybe uh, wrong on purpose. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There are no dinosaur bones in the La Brea Tar Pits. Oh. Because the tar pit happened after the dinosaurs, so it's more in the Ice Age. Oh. So there's more like um, woolly mammoths and saber-toothed cats and giant sl- sloths, land sloths, huge ones. In the that's, middle of L.A. Yeah. Because hmm. that's what you'll find. You won't find any dinosaur bones. How, how do they, and maybe we'll get into this in your research, how do they excavate that? I mean, how? <sighs> that's, <laughs> we might get to that. So let's right. uh, let's find my... La Brea. And Le, what does La Brea mean? Is that the part oh, of Los Angeles? Oh, my God. These I just are just home runs. Mind? Bang, bang, bang. I'm just crushing these. La Brea. Mm-hmm. That means the tar in Spanish. Oh. 
So really what you're saying is the tar tar pits. The tar tar pits. The tar tar pits. Tar tar. I like tar tar. <laughs> Steak tar tar? Not that kind of tar tar. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you eat this. This would be bad. Yeah, don't do that. Uh-uh. All right, here's what I know about it. Okay. And uh, it was kind of interesting to do. I was, I was happy to, when I saw this one, I was like, yep, definitely going to research that. Because I thought dinosaurs. Yeah. And I was wrong. Hmm. Hancock Park is the area of L.A. where it's around. And basically, okay. what it is is um, there's 100 tar pits okay. in this area. And what we see currently and what you go to the museum and see, it looks almost like a big tar lake. That's what you think of when you think of the tar pit. At least for me, I'm visually thinking like this big, black, bubbly pit of tar. Yep. That's not what it was. So really what it was was like 100 little pockets in this area, kind of almost like a of tar wetlands hmm. and when they started to excavate these they basically damaged the material and the the design of it and it broke them open let's say and then end up making a big one out of a bunch of little ones oh. does that make sense it makes sense yes so hundreds of thousands of years ago this stuff is going on um and then ten thousand years ago is kind of when these are thought to have been popping so to speak kids say okay so that's when they're active that's when the animals are going in there and all that sort of stuff um what it is it's basically natural asphalt is what's coming up out of the ground so some of that oil is from actual like these mammals themselves Mm -hmm. dying in there is like recreating their stuff is what they're sticking into so that's happening for thousands of years um usually these were covered with grass dust leaves water because it doesn't mix Mm -hmm. so a lot of times what they think happened was it just didn't look dangerous and animals Mm -hmm. will just like walk across it or do whatever and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they're stuck and they're stuck and it's like you know quicksand that grabs you Mm -hmm. um another thing that i learned about this is it's uh, it's a natural national landmark so that's different than some of the things we've talked about before, like okay. the national parks and that sort of thing. Sure. So what these are, it's basically biological or geological features um, that are pretty cool okay. in, in layman's terms, right? So it has to be something that's not man-made. Uh, we haven't really done anything to make these things happen. They're just cool little pockets of nature, so to speak. Okay. Um, and this project, these designations for these landmark things only started happening in the 60s. 1962 is the first one. Interesting. And the first one, um, do you want to guess where the first one was designated? No idea. Kansas. Oh. You <laughs> ever heard of this? Monument Rocks? Yes. That was the first one of these in the United oh. States. Okay. So um, some of the other things that can be national, natural landmarks, that's hard to say quickly, um, are things like Oxbow Lakes. You ever heard of an oxbow? Lake? I have. Uh-huh. So that's like Dolan. I didn't know this, but maybe you do. And you do. Mm-hmm. It's like when a river gets cut off, and then what's left of that water just becomes a lake because it's not running anymore. It has the shape of a river, but it's technically a lake because there's no more current mm-hmm. flowing through it. So that's an oxbow lake. Mm-hmm. Things like crater lakes is where there was a volcanic activity, mm-hmm. blew the top, and then it yep. sucked up rainwater or whatnot for thousands of years. Kettle lakes, which is what a lot of what we have in Nebraska, glaciers moved out make big holes in the ground, and then those filled up. Swamps, which I didn't know this designation. Swamps are wetlands 
that have a forest in them, basically. So uh, Some trees. We went a couple of years back. This popped up on my memories on Facebook. We went to one down in Florida. The, oh, I can't remember what they're called. Any, Not the Everglades. No, but it, it's something else. Like, you can walk through it now. Like, oh, it's okay. like a walking tour. It was fascinating. Cool. Everything from alligators to you know, birds, you name mm-hmm. it. Like, it was it was really cool. At first, I thought, okay, this is kind of dorky. Like, yeah. Jenny wants me to go. All right, fine, I'll do One it. One of these, I have to go walk with my wife to go to the brewery mm-hmm. situations. Exactly. Yeah, no, and then by the end, I'm like, holy cow, this was fun. Yeah. Like, this was super cool. Well, that's kind of the point of these things. It's just... They don't have to be big, but they're just so cool and different. And each, pretty much every state has them. Um, a marsh is the opposite of a swamp. So it's a wetlands, but it, it's dominated by plants and not trees. Hmm. So that's the different designation. Um, as of 2016, there were 599 of these in the United States. Okay. Um, the state that has the most of them is California with 36. Indiana comes in second with 30, which is weird to me. And then there's two states that don't have any. Rhode Island in Louisiana, which seems strange. Louisiana? Me. Yeah, it doesn't have any. I would never have guessed any that. Any of the... Um, any national natural landmarks. Huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was like, any any wetlands or... <laughs> Anything that's been designated by the government that's like protected and gotcha. cool, basically. Gotcha. Um, we have five in the state of Nebraska. Let me hit you with them. Okay. Ashfall, fossil beds. No. That's mm-hmm. in northwestern Nebraska. It's uh, close to like South Dakota, Badlands area. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. It's pretty cool. You can actually go in. They've basically, not a tar pit, but something very similar where there's just a bunch of prehistoric mammals, mostly is what's in these pits. And you can watch them excavate them out. You can walk through. They have like a building that they built over it so they can work on them like rain or snow or whatever. There's a cool museum and stuff in there. It's a big, mm. it's kind of a big deal for us as far as like, um, if you're into paleontology or that sort of stuff, like this is one of the places you go as a college student to like practice and work on excavating bones and whatnot. Interesting. Um, they call this the dissected Los Plain, L-O-E-S-S. You ever heard of Los Hills around here? Yes. It's a big thing like around the edge, the eastern edge of Omaha, Council Bluffs sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Los I've seen that name a bunch, but I didn't know what it meant. And basically, it's a accumulation of silt sediment that's been blown by the wind, and it just stops someplace. Yep. It builds up, and then that's this natural designation. Hmm. So that's the second one for Nebraska. Fontenelle Forest is love, one of these. Yeah, I love Fontenelle Forest. It's Nebraska's largest virgin forest. If you are on a travel contract here in Omaha, like if you're, if you're a traveling healthcare professional and you come to Omaha, like Fontenelle Forest is one of the places you need to go. Lawrence and Gardens is one of the other mm-hmm. ones, but Fontenelle Forest is is pretty fantastic. Fontenelle Forest is fun because they have a ton of stuff for kids to do, mm-hmm. and also they just did a whole bunch of uh, renovations to their like bird sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So they have a whole like a lot of raptors, owls, eagles, and stuff, and you can walk around, and it's pretty cool. And they've got they've got um, like short zip lines out there, don't they? Like a zip line. Mm, I don't know, maybe because that's, that's Bellevue area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure they got like some small. They're not obviously zip lines like you would mm-hmm. find in the mountains or whatever. Yeah, but right, yeah, they have a lot of hiking trails, and there's like a a, a farm that a lot of school kids go to that are from here. I think right. But, um, it's a cool spot if you're in Omaha or around the area. Yep. Um, the Sand Hills. Oh yeah. And then Valentine National Wildlife like Refuge maybe. Mm. So it's the only place or the biggest protected prairie grassland area in the united states so like what it would have looked like 200 years ago 
It's the biggest stretch of that in the United States now out there. Interesting. And that also like where the whooping cranes, sandhill mm. cranes, and all those birds come flying through. That's a big thing with Nebraska. So hmm. um, let's see. I had some a little bit more. Let's see. We talked about that. Um, the when they were excavating mm-hmm. back in the day, and the this was like early 1900s. Okay. They basically used the stuff they were taking out there as asphalt. So they were mining it for mm. what it was, and it just kept building up itself over and over and over sure. again. Uh, the guy that owned the land, because it was out in the middle of nowhere, really, it wasn't in L.A. proper at that time, mm-hmm. he gave this like conservation group a two-year contract that basically said, anything you can find in here, you guys can take it out, right? So wow, any sort of bones. So they found in those two years, from 1913 to 1915, they pulled out 750,000 different specimens or species or just, you know, like a hundred of this or 5,000 of this kind or whatever. That just shows how many is just in that 100 pit area. Yeah. Tons. And they're still excavating today. There's only one pit left Hmm. that they're actively like pulling stuff out of, and that's number 91 out Hmm. of 100. And they have kind of similar to what we have in Nebraska. They have like a shelter built over it. You can walk down and see what they're doing. Um, Basically what they would do is just scoop out stuff Hmm. and then clean it off. And if whatever they found uh, at the beginning – people that were living there was like a farmer family mm-hmm. um and this was mexican spanish land mm-hmm. that was granted into this uh person that owned this other land and they were finding these bones and this stuff but they they thought they were like horses and cows and they're sort of like livestock they even had camels there and it wasn't until like 1901 that somebody came in and said those aren't those aren't current animals those are really old bones like we need to be doing something here mm-hmm. these are you know saber-toothed tigers and they found uh Oh, I wrote this down. This was cool. So in that, um, just in pit number 91, that's the one that they're still doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they found a saber-toothed cat, dire wolves, bison, horses, a giant ground sloth, American lion, which I didn't know we had. No. It looks almost exactly like an African lion. Um, a full mammoth that they named Zed, mm. and that's in their museum, which is the George C. Page Museum. And it's like the fully intact um, mammoth. The only thing that's missing is like a little bit of one of the back legs in the top of the skull Hmm. because the way they found it was a bulldozer was bulldozing for a parking lot and they chopped the top of the skull off. Chopped it off. Whoops. Good job. But that's how they found it. So, yeah. And then there's only been ever one person they found in the pit, in the tar pit. Hmm. And they think it was a 17 to 25-year-old woman. Her name is... La Brea woman. Oh. Very catchy. Very catchy. And they found her with a domesticated dog. Huh. The same spot. And they thought, well, maybe this was like a ritual thing. They put her in together. That was the thought from the mm. 70s until about 2016. Okay. And then they did some more research and they're like, this dog is actually a lot newer or younger than the lady. So it probably just fell in there. Um, so it was they don't know how she got in there or what happened. So she wasn't just like out walking her dog. She No. no. Or it wasn't like a ceremonial thing somebody put her there on purpose they just she just maybe she just fell in like the animals Mm -hmm. did okay um the other thing i wrote down about this that i thought was interesting um movies okay it's been in a lot of movies yes so tell me the connection between these three movies okay movie called 1941 yep Mm -hmm. land of the lost from 2006 and my girl 2 there's two connections one, they've all show the La Brea tar pits in the movie. Hmm. 
Malcolm we 2, got, they're yeah. all starring people that used to be on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. So 1941 is Belushi. Belushi, yeah. Land of the Lost, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. My Girl 2. I didn't know they made a My Girl 2. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he was the dad. There you go. Yeah. SNL. And then the other one I wrote down, I haven't seen this movie. Sorry, but I bet you have. Mm-hmm. Last Action Hero. Heck yes. With Arnold. The La Brea Tar Pits are in this movie uh-huh. somewhere. So there you go. Yep. That's what I know about La Brea Tar Pits. Definitely not in Arkansas. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, here's the thing. I finished my portion of the uh, of the beer. Maybe I might have been unfair to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better than I thought. Yeah. It got better. It was... Here's, maybe this is my this is my novice beer drinking. On the can it says Belgian style brown. Uh-huh. Is that different than a just a brown ale? I mean, there's American style brown, and then there's this is more. So you'd be using more like Belgian yeast strains. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little sweeter. Yeah, and that's what I get in this one. Has that sweet sweetness at the end, like it kind of lingers, mm-hmm. which makes it nice. And it probably changes as it warms up a little bit. I'm guessing Maybe. I've only had one drink I've talked a lot. Sorry. I, uh, no, that was, that was fantastic information. I didn't even think we'd go that route, but I, even, even with the name of the beer, obviously I, I, I was, maybe I, I was a little unfair to it. I think I would order that again. It, it's a good, easy drinker. There's not a whole lot. I, what's the ABV on it? I don't I think even six see. it said. It's up by the mm. oh, underneath your finger right there. Yeah, six percent. Oh, it actually says eighteen IBUs on here, which it didn't say it on on Untapped. Um, when I did my Untapped research, the only beer I can find that named La Brea here, uh-huh. La Brea Brown from yeah. from this brewery, only has twenty check ins. I would consider that to be accurate, maybe. Okay, and here's why. Arkansas is one of the last states that's had a lot of craft brewery influx, the same as like um, Mississippi. Hmm. Like for a while, there was a law that they could only have a certain amount of breweries. For a while, there was like eight breweries in the entire state of Mississippi. Oh. So there's not a whole lot of craft beer culture, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Versus okay. like Colorado, where every uh, everybody yes. that goes to a brewery in Colorado is like a craft beer person for the right. most part. They're used right. to it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that could be the case. It's not in like a big town of Arkansas. It's not like in Fort Smith or Bentonville. Yep. So that very well could be accurate. So out of the 20 check-ins, what do you think we're at with the... 3.41. Uh, Dolan? Mm, yeah, 3.6. 3.74. So uh, interesting. A little bit yeah. higher than I thought. Yeah. I, I like this because it tastes like, to me, it does taste like almost like plums. Mm-hmm. That sort of flavor, mm-hmm. and it's sweet. Yeah. So it's pretty good. That I wouldn't dry... want to drink a lot of them in a row, but yeah. I, this would be one that you'd want to sip on for a bit. If I rolled into this brewery, I would def- I'd be happy with my choice mm-hmm. after, you know, after the first couple drinks, I think. so. Uh, two more things about this that I wrote down that I thought were interesting that I didn't hit. Um, mm-hmm. The first time it was ever mentioned that somebody like other than Native Americans knew about this was in mm-hmm. 1769. Okay. Some Spanish explorers found it, and that's where it got its name. They called it the... Uh, Volcanas de la Brea. So they were, they mm. said they were shooting like geysers, like tar geysers. Oh, that's their scouts told them this. And they said, you got to come see this. This is nothing like we've ever seen before. Sure. So when they rolled up, of course, it wasn't shooting tar that mm. day. So they were like, ah, oh, we were kind of bummed about that, but they still named it that. So yeah. it was known as the tar volcanoes. Yeah. And then, um, let me make this right. Shumash and Tongva people. So Native American tribes out in that area. Okay. We're using this stuff, not necessarily from La Brea, but in that area, um, to seal cracks in their boats. Hmm. They would take fallen red wood trees and hollow out the trunks to make their boats. Mm-hmm. 
because those trees are too big to like cut down, right? So sure. when they would naturally fall, they would dig them out, and then any holes that they made plant canoes, and anything that had a gap, they would put this stuff in there. Hmm. And they made them super watertight, and they were able to take them from the coast of California all the way up to Washington oh, in the geez. ocean. Wow! So they they moved a lot on the coast because of they were able to actually move their boats. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is because of the tar that they that they used. Interesting. So again, nothing to do with Arkansas. No, not at all. Hmm. I, I was shocked to find out that was an Arkansas beer. I thought for sure it was going to be like a little L.A. spot. Nope. Yeah, Fayetteville. So there you go. All right. Uh, what's next? Which one do you want to go to next? Well, I need uh, a break. So okay. the only other beer I did research on mm-hmm. is this one. Is the Flying Dog. So I think, why don't we ease into it to where mm-hmm. we're going with this? Because I think that's a wit from mm-hmm. what I remember. Buffalo Bayou. Great White Buffalo. Oh, I lied. I got some research on that, too. Uh-oh. I got five pages of research, guys. Again, thanks to Heather Kylan for uh, for bringing these beers to us. She always, always, every time she comes to Omaha, brings just a just a pile of, of Texas beers for us. That's a great thing. It is a great thing. She understands yep. who we are at heart and, and wants to make us happy, I guess. I don't know. This, okay, this smells like a nice cross between Blue Moon Mm-hmm. And uh, Avery's White Rascal. I think that's probably going to sum it up pretty great. Mm-hmm. It says you should use the you enjoy this best enjoyed during Houston's warm season all year. Oh, well, it, yeah, it lists every month. Sure. of the of the that's kind of funny. January through December, pretty much. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So Buffalo Bayou, and I'm sure we'll follow this with the double IPA after this. The uh, the Buffalo Bayou double IPA is called More Cowbell which I think is funny (laughs) on multiple levels. Oh, Um, I didn't even know that was the name. I I would have done some SNL research on that. You had the SNL connection right there. back Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, look at the color on this thing. Oh, it's pretty. It's so golden and and nice. It almost looks like an apple cider. Almost, yeah. Has that just a little less brown, but... So Buffalo Buffalo Bayou was uh, is located at twenty one hundred one Summer Street, Houston, Texas. It was founded in two thousand eleven by two friends that couldn't find any good beer in Houston, hmm. so they decided to do their own. Could be. It Sounds. smells. It smells like summer in a glass. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. Gosh, I don't know if I want to say this out loud, but I like and I like White Rascal a lot. This is better than White Rascal. I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be really good, good with some orange peel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To really, because there's good orange flavor there mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that's one of the best wits I've probably had just on the first sip. Mm-hmm. Mm. We've talked about safe beers before, yeah. right? When you go to a Entry bar, levels, what's the yeah. safe beer, yeah. right? And it's always Blue Moon, right? I mean, that's one yeah. of them in there. If you like Blue Moon, you will like this beer. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. What's that after? The aftertaste. Probably coriander, like, maybe? Yeah, coriander. Yeah. Coriander. That's mm-hmm. probably what we're getting. Mm-hmm. I still have some brown to hit, so. Okay, there we go. I, I, this is, wits are a very wit, white, mm-hmm. whatever, a very approachable style if you're new to this. I prefer a wit to a Hefeweizen. I do, too. And that's just me. More citrus, less bread mm-hmm. flavor. Less banana. Yeah, I'm not a big banana person. I don't like the banana cloviness of a of a hefeweizen over that. Yeah, it just it just isn't my jam. What's your favorite thing to do with like um, involving and maybe in a pop culture or whatever, or just in regular life? Bananas, banana split, banana bread, banana bread. What what's your favorite thing? Banana lumpia. 
<laughs> oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine is from Beverly Hills Cop. Uh-oh. Okay. Banana and tailpipe. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. That was totally improvised by Eddie Murphy, by really? the way. Really? Yep. That pretty much that. the whole movie was. Well. Uh, and they were just like, okay, Eddie, we need, we need you to do something for a couple minutes. So he came up with the... So the cops wouldn't follow him anymore. He stuck a banana in their tailpipe and it exploded. It. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fall for no banana and tailpipe. Does that actually work? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm. Jam it up there far enough. And those old 80s cars. Mm. I don't think you could do it now. There was a that's what she said in there, but I just, I, I, I held it back for a second. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. This is a drinking podcast Michael after Scott. all. <laughs> hmm. uh, all right. Let's talk about something else that I'll segue into this research because we've got, we can talk about it for two beers. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's the term? I just lost it. I looked outside and it was snowing and it like melted my brain. Um, pet peeves. Oh. Give oh. me a couple of your pet peeves. Specifically, language pet peeves mm. or words. Um, people using a word the wrong way. Something like that. Hit me with those. My one of okay. This is besides the there, 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 mm-hmm. right? The nonsense that or mm-hmm. you or your the thing. seen or saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know what I hate is when it, it's, and this happens online all the time, it's loose is spelled L-O-O-S-E, lose is spelled L-O-S-E. Yeah. And people always loose. They, they I don't want it. to loose you. Well, that's the, that's, oh. I hate that so much. Okay. I like that. Yeah. One of mine is when people pronounce a word wrong uh-huh. and you respectfully correct them. Yeah. And then... You, they continue to pronounce it wrong. The same with like names. Like I've met people that will pronounce a name wrong. Yeah, they'll get corrected, and then they just they just continue to mispronounce the name. <laughs> See, not the, on purpose. I they don't just know. Don't the name thing? That's know. disrespectful. Yeah, like, is, come on. Is. Yeah, it is. If I tell you how to say my name, you better say it right the second time. <laughs> right, Pedersen. Exactly. That's where that comes from. But um, it, it, I it could be right. Your name, your last name is spelled differently than it regular is. Peterson's. Um, but it's it's pronounced. Peterson, Durr with a D, not Peterson, or Peterson, it's Peterson. Peterson. So if you take the time and hear it, that's one thing. I think it was in fifth grade, I was almost sent to the principal's office because I was at my wit's end with this. You know, oh. I'm like, what, 11? Yeah. And a substitute teacher came in, and she did attendance, and she mm-hmm. said, Peterson. And I didn't respond. Peterson. And, yeah, she said it like that like three times, and I yeah. screamed in the class, it's Peterson, P-E-D, Peterson. And then she was like, Nyeh. and I got my name on the board Go to the check. Mm. It was not good. Mm-mm. That was when I knew I had issues. Huh. Well, that was one of the times I knew I had issues. Um, one of my pet peeves, I hate it. I think we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. When news, um, either stories or Written things talk about jail and prison, oh. and they use it the wrong way. I mm-hmm. hate that. It drives me bananas. Mm. Call back, banana joke. Bananas. Um, yeah. So you go to jail before you're sentenced, and then you go to prison after. That's where you do your time. That drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. The other one is this brewery. Oh. Bison versus Buffalo. Oh. Holy hell. Does it drive me nuts? Wow, you are We have never, ever had buffalo in this country living roaming the plains it's never happened it's not going to happen because it's a totally different animal we've had bison american bison specifically really what yes no. there's a difference 
Oh my gosh! Look how angry he's getting. Look how mad he's getting. What? Yes, there's a difference, Dolan. <laughs> why? Why is this such a thing for you? I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> I learned this at Yosemite. Okay. I went to Yosemite maybe about four or five years ago. Okay. No, it had to be five years ago. And the park ranger told us the difference. Okay. Basically, he was like, "This, this is how it is. Everybody calls it this, but that's wrong." And it's stuck in my craw ever since then because it's everywhere. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. been probably since the 1870s or 80s when people started moving west. Mm-hmm. It started there and it's happened this whole time. So I did research. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it, I, I, yeah, we're just going to get into it because we got two, two beers <laughs> from this do. brewery. We do. Um, both of them are large animals and they have horns and they're kind of like oxes. That's uh, and they're the same color ish. Wouldn't that be oxen? Ox like okay. I said, but you know whatever. Sure. Um, there's two types of bison in the world. There's an American style and there's a European bison. Okay. And then there are two types of buffalo in the world. There's water buffalo and cape buffalo. Now water buffalo are in Asia, and cape buffalo are in Africa. Cape C A P E. Yep. Like okay. Cape of horn or whatever. Sure. Right? Okay. So the difference really comes down to a few things. Physically, you can see. Kind of like the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. If you actually give a crap, you can figure it out. You can see that they're Mm. different. Same with these. A bison, which is what we have in the United States, first of all, has a big hump behind its neck in between its shoulders. Mm -hmm. It's got a big muscular hump. And a buffalo does not have that. Like on the can. Like on the can. See that hump there? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you'll see a lot of times in uh, paintings of Western stuff or um, Native American paintings, like bow and arrows stuck in that hump. Oh. Um, another thing that they have differences in is a buffalo will have longer and more curled horns, almost like a curly mustache. Right. Whereas a bison will have more rounded, shorter, and definitely sharper horns. Like a bull. Like a bull. They will F you up, hmm. which is why I love seeing videos from people like at Yellowstone and they get too close and then they get gored to hell they're by so, mean so old buffalo. It's always, crazy. always their fault. Always. Right? Well, it's because they're like so close. Yes. So that's a big difference. They're horns. Yeah. Um, and the main other thing is bison, kind of like me, they're like the hipsters of the world. They've got a big thick beard mm. and buffaloes don't have no chin whiskers. Hmm. So we would be bison, all of us here. Hmm. Because uh, we all got sported some chin growth. How do you feel about my my beard? I'm trying here. I'm trying super hard. Yeah, it's cute. I'll never, it's, I'll never get there. It's cute. That's it's fantastic. I'm gonna go home and shave it tonight. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. I love it. It's great. It's you do cute. you, man. I love beards. Right. Any shape or size. I pray to the beer gods every night. <laughs> the beer beard. Like pour some beer on your beard. beard. That'll help. Ooh, would that work? I pray I, to the. It beard won't gods. hurt. Please, beard gods. Let my beard come in thicker and fuller. Speaking of beard and beers, yeah. I've heard that that's a thing. Seitner told me. Oh, without a doubt. Seitner told me that he drank a beard beer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, brewed with the yeast that was in a guy's Yeah, that's beard. from Rogue Brewing. Mm-hmm. I've oh. had that before. Where he like combed the yeast out uh-huh. of his beard. Yeah, because yeah. he worked in the brewery for like 30 years. He had his own strain of yeast growing in his beard because mm-hmm. he had the beard that long. Yeah. And uh, that really grosses people out, but yeah. I drank it. It was pretty good. Look, they make the they make coffee from the cats that eat the beans and poop them out, and then yeah. they take the co- and then they take the beans and then they make the coffee, right? Yeah, so, I've had a beer I, that was made with Rocky Mountain oysters in it. Whoa, I've had that before. Well, we're about to have a beer here in a little bit that has Old Bay. Yeah, in it, we're and getting that there, aren't we? Weird. 
Um, so you ready for some more bison facts and information yeah. while we're doing this here? Yep. This is so yeah. Just just don't make that faux pas. Just it's a bison. Whatever you're mm. used to as a buffalo, mm-hmm. that's a bison. I got right? a transition question for you at the Kay. end. So just remind me. All right. Um, that big muscular hump. That sounds weird. Um, that we mm. talked about earlier between their shoulder blades. Okay. That is basically the muscle that they can use to move their head back and forth in the winter to push big things of snow, which is what lets them find the grass to eat. Uh-huh. Um, because it helps. It basically acts like a snow plow, so they can get down mm. to underneath the snow to eat the grass and whatnot. That also helps uh, when there's like forest fires or prairie fires. When they're doing that, it disperses seeds across and like helps regenerate growth when there's a fire okay so that's something that would have been happening for thousands of years and that's just an evolutionary thing that they've got hmm. um this is this is sad this is a sad stat and i've seen this picture and i'm like kind of like an old west history person and mm-hmm. i love that sort of stuff um but before 1880 there was either they estimate between 30 and 100 million bison in the great plains area from mm-hmm. canada all the way to mexico sure by 1980 100 years later, there's 1,000 of them left. 1,000 total. Yeah, and that's up from about 1910, 1920. There was about 200 of them left. Jeez. So they would come out here. Even the president, Roosevelt, would Mm -hmm. come out on a train. And you would just go out either from a train or a carriage or whatever, and you'd just shoot as many as you could. That's what they would do. They'd come out here and shoot them, wouldn't take anything from them, would just leave them rot in the sun. Because there were so many. It was like a big why sport. Would you, why? That's, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. That's a okay. different podcast. Right. Maybe Dolan's involved with. But right. um, they, uh, yeah, that happened a lot, right? Yep. And yep. so um, Native American folks were dependent on these things for everything. They used every inch of the animal. Yes. And when the numbers were decreasing and moving further west, and so the, the people that followed the buffalo or bison, if mm-hmm. you will. So that's a thing that happened. Now, today, there are 30,000 of them in, I guess you'd call them a conservation herd. Basically, the government's protecting them. They're putting them in places like Alaska. Um, Yellowstone has some. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just little pockets of the United States that have them that they're not free-range necessi- necessarily, mm-hmm. but they're like tracked and protected, right? Mm-hmm. There's 500,000 of them in privately owned like livestock. So like you go to the grocery store, you can buy you some bison burgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, look at that, 500,000 for that purpose, and there's 30,000 just out there wow. roaming around. That also includes ones that are in zoos, and there's one in Lincoln. I know there's like an animal wildlife safari. I think there's mm-hmm. one between Lincoln and Omaha. Yes. There's a ton up by um, where I grew up in Gillette. Mm-hmm. Wyoming, there's yeah. a ton of ranches out there, and they just kind of like yep. roam the land, and mm-hmm. they kind of they keep track of them by by tags, and they go into their neighbor's land, and yeah, yeah. it's just kind of whatever they want to do, and that's kind of what it used to be. I mean, right. it was when when people started moving west and they started building fences. That was another end of the the buffalo bison area. Um, they can't see very well; they can smell and hear pretty good, so. If you would happen to sneak up on one, you could cause a whole stampede pretty easily just because they can't see, hmm. which is another reason they, they think people get gored pretty bad because mm. they're basically startled. You scare them, right? Yeah, and they, they don't. that's how they react. They hmm. can run up to 30 to 35 miles an hour. Yeah. They can be 12 feet long and 8 feet tall. That's a big animal. That's huge. Right? And that's why would you ever think about getting out of your car and touching one? But oh. people do that all the time. I'm going to ride it. Exactly. This is... it's been designated our national mammal 
because mm-hmm. they were so many and so yep. important and basically only found here. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing I was going to make sure I hit? Um, oh, Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Only place in the, in the United States that they have been living since prehistoric times continually. Oh. And they're the only herd, really, that doesn't have cattle DNA. Because a lot of times what they've been doing is splicing and ma- mm-hmm. making. Um, so this is the only, like, still 100% bison, like it would have been 150 or 10,000 years ago. Interesting. That's the only herd in the United States that's still left that's like that. Hmm. And they used um, Wind Cave in South Dakota. We've, heard, we've talked about I've that, I think. I've yes. They, had a, they put a little herd of those up there in, like, the 1910s, 1920s. And that one's still there, so it's a 100-year-old herd. And they've used um, bison from that to repopulate areas even down as far south as Mexico. Wow. So if you, like, take care of it, mm-hmm. it can last you a long time, right? Sure. It's conservation versus... Conservation. And that's that's something that I'm a fan of. So mm-hmm. that's, that's probably why it hits me. And also mm-hmm. just the whole fact of we were just dumb mm-hmm. and almost wiped them all the way off the face of the earth. Right. We've done that. We, we continue to do that with, with different species and stuff. So. Oh, bees, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's... That's just silly. Like, if, if somehow we wipe out bees, we are hosed. Mm-hmm. We are 100% hosed. There, there's just, you, yeah. you, natural food sources are virtually gone at that point. Like, yep. anyway, that's a whole different. That's a probably a different, different podcast, but. Totally different. So that's, that's why that, I don't know, that just sticks in my hmm. craw. So Interesting. Uh, if you learn nothing else today, just learn that it's not buffalo, it's didn't, bison. Didn't, bison. Didn't we touch on the bees? We, we, we talked did. about bees. Previous episode. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. We talked about bees. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So here's my transition question. Let yeah. me ask you. Not that I, this transitions to anything. I'm just curious. Okay. What makes you more angry? The whole buffalo bison thing or pineapple on pizza? Mm. <laughs> buffalo bison. Mm. Because there is a wow. correct answer. That There's is. a correct answer. Okay. And I guess pizza is subjective, right? I, I'm one of those people like, hey, if I don't want it on my pizza necessarily, but if sure. you like it on yours, Have go you for it. Have you had it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I worked in pizza places for 12 years. I've okay, had uh, everything. I, I, okay, that that's fine. I know a lot of people who have never had it and knock it just because social media tells them to. Well, they're dumb. I grew up before social media. <laughs> I've been <laughs> pineapple and pizza long before that. I mean, we one of our pizzas that we had there was, was ham, Canadian bacon, mm-hmm. pineapple, and cream cheese. Hawaiian. That was a big summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, that's a, I, I don't know. I, I like that a lot. I'll eat different pizzas. One of my favorite pizza places... In, in the whole world is Poppy's Pizza there in Nestle oh, Park, yeah. Colorado. You've been there. Not only do they have good beer selection all the time, they have one, uh, it's called the Colorado, and it is uh, smoked trout and capers. Ooh. And instead of sauce, instead of like red sauce, they use cream cheese. Hmm. It is unbelievable. Is it salty? It is salty. I was going to say, I would think with the capers that would do that. It's 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 almost too rich to eat. Like, you know, you get the little uh, personal pizza size. Yeah. It's almost too rich to eat the whole thing. But, oh, it's fantastic. Mm. And you pair it with a good, like, that's the first place I had, uh, Melvin, uh, two by four. Oh, yeah. Holy that's moly, that's a great beer. If you want a pizza kind of similar to that, minus the trout, mm-hmm. um, Tasty Pizza here in Omaha. Oh. They've got, it's right there by um, UNMC. It's right next to UNMC. Mm-hmm. And they've got... Um, Tasty Pizza? Tasty pizza. pizza. It's out of, like, her home. Like, it's... What? I don't know. Really small restaurant. Super good. Been voted best pizza in Nebraska this year. Um, okay, I need to hear about this. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, if you're not doing anything for lunch, <laughs> mm, but um, they have a pizza there called Mediterranean. Same thing, minus mm. the trout, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing. Good. 
Okay, so we opened the double wow. IPA. That's sweet. This is like no double IPA I've had before. I need to drink that again because it reminds me of something, mm. like a candy. Yeah. It's very sweet to me. Hmm. Dolan does not like it. Er, it's kind of hoppy-ish. Ish. Hoppier than some because it's 9%. I'm hmm. trying to see what kind of hops are in it, but it doesn't say on the can. It is a candy, like... It says, more cowbell, double IPA. Do not ask for whom the cowbell tolls. Mm. The cowbell tolls for thee. <laughs> and then on the bottom, when you're drinking it, there's a rifle with a star, and it says, come and crush it. Come and crush it. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of like, come and get it. What does but, that taste like? It's, it's, like, it's like hard candy. I don't know. Yeah. Like the aftertaste of a dum-dum mixed with hops. Hmm. Let's go. Let's, with that in my mind, let's try it. That's exactly what, that's, yes. Like a hops dum-dum. Yep. Isn't that weird? Weird. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a weird, that's a weird uh, description, but it's like right on. Yeah. First, first like one of those root beer ones or like the yeah. caramel something. or something. The cream caramel. soda one. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. The first drink, I'm like, nope, I don't know what this is, but I'm, no, no. And then, uh, second drink, okay. Now, okay, I can drink the whole thing. Uh, let's, uh, let's rank what we've had so far. Okay. Let's go one, two, three mm. so far. Wow, that's super hard. Um, I would probably do the uh, Great White Buffalo first, the wit. Yeah. First, and then the brown, and yep. then the triple IP, that's and then exactly, the double IPA. Exactly where I'm at. That's where I'm at, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Not that the double's bad, but it's different than any double IPA we've ever had before. Yeah, I don't know. It's sweet to me. All right, so let's let's hit the untapped on these, and let's check. More Cowbell, 9% ABV, 19,000 check-ins. And I, this was surprising. Hmm. So that's a hint. That's after, a hint. After this drinking it, yes. Four, you're going to say 4.14. 4.27. You're, you're high. It's 3.8. Mm. Uh, but how many check-ins? 19,000. That's a lot. Right. For something that, that is not a standard flavor double IPA no. whatsoever. I mean, it's not, it's not a hazy style. I mean, you can see right through it. Pretty close. It's got some floaties, which is okay. Yeah. It's a nice golden. Yeah, I think color. for me personally, it's it's, and and you know how I feel about IPAs, but yeah, it's it's just give me the hops, or give me the sweeter side of it. I mm-hmm. feel like there's too much of both. Yeah, I'm. This for me is too sweet. Like I, this is one I would be like, okay, I tried it. I don't <laughs> right. need to try it again. You don't need to try it. Again. However, the same brewery made our favorite beer so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, and that one I would drink again and again. And I don't really like this. Wit is not my style, but that no. one had the best flavor. Mm-hmm. Everything going on. So let's let's take a look at that one. Great White Buffalo, five point eight percent ABV, which is really close to the uh, like a regular style mm-hmm. wit. A, yeah, you know ABV seven thousand six hundred and three check ins. So, so not, a lot less. A lot less. Which is weird because it's more approachable for more people. You think mm-hmm. so? Have, unless it's a newer beer, yeah, maybe it's newer. What do you think on that one? Mm, I bet three point nine one, four two, three five five. What? Shocked. I did a double take. Yes. Shocking cameras. Wow. Here's the thing. Maybe just maybe Texans. No offense, Texas. Don't know what to think yet. Maybe maybe that's what. Maybe it, I don't know. Well, not that we know. Remember, they don't. I remember don't some of those IPAs we had from there that earlier though, mm-hmm. like the ones of the space one, and yes, I mean they're crushing it. Yeah. So maybe this is just the style of of IPA that these breweries like. This could be more like a Belgian style IPA, because that's what Nebraska Brewing Company brewed for a long time. They had one called Hop God, 
Mm-hmm. And that was a Belgian style. So it was a little bit sweeter. Now, I don't see anything on the can. I didn't read it all the way, but mm. I mean, it could be something as simple as that's the style of IPA they, they like to make or the yeast strain that they like to use versus what people are using. Cause we're now a couple years into the hazy IPA craze. Mm-hmm. It's not really crazy more. Right. It's here to stay, I think. Um, so this is just a style that we're just not used to. Which is funny because as Brian and I were going through the beer fridge trying to figure out what beers we're going to talk about this week, um, one of the beers that got pushed to the back was a Brute IPA, yeah. which I personally like a lot. Yeah. And you very astutely pointed out, well, this came and went real quick. Yeah. I mean, they were everywhere for a while. I mean, you you brought me one of the first ones I had, and that was mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Like February or March. Yeah. And then every big place was making them, and now they're... Not really gone. Yeah, it would have been March. We went to Colorado for yeah. uh, Maddox was out of school. Yep, that's and, when I had it. Now they're gone. and everybody did one, right? Everybody around Pretty here much. did one, and then it's gone. And then they didn't make another one. Maybe it'll be a summer thing again. Maybe they'll we'll Maybe. see them pop up again in March or whatever. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. interesting about trends, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like anything. You hit it while it's hot, and if it hits for you, then you do it Great. again. And if it doesn't, that was just another beer you made. God, Dylan, that's so weird. You hit that on the head. Like, that is, that is a dum-dum. <laughs> it's a so dum-dum like, dum with hops. It's yeah. dum-dum. It's a bitter dum-dum. Yeah. Gosh. They do weird. make hop candy. I've had that before. Really? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it just tastes like like you're eating an IPA, basically. Hmm. Suckers and things. Hmm. That's definitely your style and not mine. Well, I mean, when you can't <laughs> drink at work, we can sometimes. We can. But uh, if, you know, you're on the floor. Mm. Yeah. You, know, you're, you don't want to roll into the nurse's of, station yeah. with a double IPA. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. That's you frowned would, upon. You would definitely get fired for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and reported to the board. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, you would yeah. lose your license. Please, please don't do that. Yeah. No. Ever. Even if it's the best beer. Mm. Probably not worth it. But you don't understand. This is a double IPA. Yeah, well, yeah fruit smoothie one you got in your hand there. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. You Do you want to do clown cheese next? Yeah, let's is do that? that. Okay. This I wish one, I knew more about clown cheese. I this don't one really scares me. Look at the can. Well, the can is scary, and the what you're going to read is kind of scary. Do I need to activate it a little bit, I would. Maybe? Yeah, I would. Why not? So this one is called Don't Fear the Blender Fruit Smoothie IPA. Don't fear the blender. Right. Blue Oyster Colt. <laughs> Music. Take off. You like, mm. you, you like the Blue Oyster Colt? I mean, they're fine for the two hits they had. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mm. requesting them on the radio or anything, mm. but I don't turn the station if it's on. Go, go, Godzilla. Have we had this style before? No. Not this style. A fruit smoothie mm-hmm. IPA? I don't think really anybody may. Uh, this is the first time I've really heard of a fruit smoothie. I'm expe- Here's what I'm expecting, and then I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Okay. I'm expecting thick, pulpy, chewy, we're not just gonna, ruins the glass. I don't think we're going to get that at all. Nope. No. It is as golden as an IPA. Comes. So, you know, like a, a boiler brewing company down oh. in Lincoln. Yes. They make pulpy beer like you have to wash your glass mm-hmm. instantly i've made the mistake of making one of those my last beer of the night and then setting it in the sink Mm-mm. and i basically threw that glass away right like you, there's no coming back from that that's what i was hoping for um talk about your glass right there you've got a tall pour oh boy okay so um a couple of years back this is this goes back a long time we like to we like to go to like in the summer late summer early fall there's church festivals all the time yeah all the time and uh, around here. And there's one down in South Omaha. 
uh, St. Peter and Paul Festival. It, it's just a lot of fun. It's just like a bunch of people get together. It's a fundraiser for the for the church mm-hmm. or whatever. And not that you know we're super churchgoers or, right. or whatever, but it's just a fun family thing to go to. And they have this thing where you get you give them a dollar and you get ten dimes back. And they give you you can you know, give you the dimes. And then in the middle of this kind of tent, there's there's a there's a rail that runs all the way around, kind of in an octagon. Okay. And in the middle of the tent, there's a bunch of glasses mm-hmm. that people have donated different levels to the glasses. Like there's okay. different levels. And you take the dimes and you throw them. And if you make it into the glass, yeah, then you get to keep the glass. Did anybody ever break a glass? Always, always. I was well, so say. and and here's the thing: Catholics like to drink. Like this isn't a this isn't a secret. Catholic. I mean, like there's drink. you know fish fries. I've been there. Absolutely, I've been in that line. Ooh. Same sort of thing. So we've gone to these during the day and in the afternoon. Then you're just you've drank too much, and your wife should probably drive home. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of thing. And we've been winging dimes at these things and break trying to break them. Yeah. Right. So that happens. But this. This is an old school Pizza Hut. Like this is, I, I don't even know. It maybe it's eight ounces. It looks like it. Yeah, eight. It's probably eight or ten. But it has the old Pizza Hut guy plus the old Pizza Hut logo in the architecture of the building. Yeah, like when you used to go in and sit down and have the red and white checkered tablecloth. Oh yes, and have the red plastic cup mm-hmm. that would bring your Pepsi or your Coke. Yes, and the tabletop Pac Man game probably mm-hmm. or Donkey Kong. Oh yes. Or right? Galaga. With the maybe. light, the pendant lights hanging down above yep. the... Uh-huh. Yep. If you remember old school Pizza Huts, this is this is what they would serve. You got the eight ounce whatever beer. Yeah. You know who doesn't remember those? Who? Dolan. Dolan. Yeah. I don't know. I think mm. they still have an old school Pizza Hut in Columbus. There's now, one actually just up the street. The building is The old building's school. there. Right. Yeah. You might be right about that. You might be right that the building actually still exists. The Pizza Hut still exists, and and well, well, the the style of it, I think, still, because even our Taco Bell just down the street has still got the like the blue and the pink. Well, you're talking '90s Taco Bell, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah is, late '90s. This is '80s Pizza Hut, late '70s, mm, early '80s, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, there was nothing. There really, I mean, kind of as a kid in the '80s, especially mm-hmm. pizza. For the most part, you ate it at home. Right. Right? So going to a place and they would bring you the pizza and they would like cut it out and they had the spatula and on the each person would get dished. That was like a special deal. Huge. Holy crow. That's that's probably where I came into my love of pizza. Yes. It was like a yeah, very rare. Maybe like a Friday night. You got Mm -hmm. good grades. So I oh I spent probably oh gosh, at least five dollars. So at least fifty dimes. This took me at least fifty dimes. (laughs) I, I actually shoved people out of the way That's trying to right. get this one. No, I want this glass so bad. Was oh. your wife like, come on? She just, or she was just oh. like, eh, whatever. Here's just the thing. doing this thing. So, um, so my brother-in-law was there with me that day. And so that's my wife's sister. Uh, my brother-in-law, Chad, was with me that day. And we drank way too much. Mm-hmm. And this was this was the day that I got it. Nice. Anyway, so he was my uh, he was my beard, so to speak, right? I'm uh-huh. like, Chad's here. I got I got to stay. Like, right. I have to stay here or whatever. Yep. She's like, "Oh, whatever. She's spending time with her sister." Yeah. So, yeah, so we spent way too much money trying to get these stupid glasses. It was ridiculous. 5 bucks, it's worth it. Yeah, it was fun. So, and now you'll always remember that. Oh. That's the thing I love about glassware, and I have way way too much glassware. Mm-hmm. It's like a hat for me. Mm, yeah. It's a memory device, yeah. right? So when I go to a brewery, I'm either going to get a hat, probably, mm-hmm. or glassware. If they sell uh, tasters, I'll get one of those, or it just depends on the design. Yep. But it's all about like who you're with, where it was, when it was, and then every time you drink out of that, you'll remember it. And I think it's important, but some me, people don't. Let me tell you a story about 
when I knew I was in love with my wife for the first time. Okay. So we're dating and okay. it's, and it's absolutely tied back to glassware. So we're dating downtown Kansas city, uh, in the plaza, right? You were in the plaza. Oh yeah. Were oh. you by the, uh, what was that? There was like a Italian mm. Buca de Beppe. Yep. Yep. Right down, and down in there. And there right was like an old Chicago there. maybe. There used to be, so right down the street from there, almost around the corner, right down the street, there used to be a place called George Brett's. And you know who George Brett is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Possibly the most famous Kansas City Royal of all time. There's anyway, no possibly he is. But is yes. he? Is he really? Yeah. I mean, is he your Ryan Sandberg? Is he? He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah, there's only three numbers retired in Royals baseball mm. history, and he's one of them. He's three. one of them. The true. other one was a manager that died. Mm. Dick Hauser? Yeah. Okay. There we yeah. go. What was the other one? Frank White. Frank White. There we go. I should have known that. Okay. So we are dating. We're in Kansas City, uh, and we go to George Brett's restaurant. I have to go to the bathroom. And so we're getting ready to leave, finish my drink. Anyway, the pint glass has it, it the, the logo is just George Brett's autograph. That's right. all it is. And I'm like, man, this they That's don't cool, sell these yeah. things. I want this. This yeah. is so freaking cool. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, we're gonna go. Uh-huh. She uh she just waits at the table, pay you know, pay. I go to the bathroom. Oh, she paid. No, no. well, I oh. yeah. I don't, nice. I don't actually I don't remember who paid. She right. might have. If she, she paid, she's definitely a keeper. Look, right. she she did very well for herself before we met. So that's and she still does, right? <laughs> okay, I mean, good. she still does. So you didn't ruin um, her, good, right? No. So go to the bathroom. Like, okay, let's go. We walk out the door. We're about a half a block down, and she opens up her purse, and there's my pint glass. Do you still have it? She, I it broke. Oh, sad. Like throwing dimes at it. Like or what? six years later. Unfortunately, no, no, oh, no. Bummer. It broke. Uh, I can't remember what happened to it. It broke in. In yeah. Yeah. Man, I use that thing forever. Because it's hard to get his autograph. Absolutely. He's a he's a dick. Yeah. In real life, I've he, heard. He is. You won't get it, so. But yeah, and they did not sell those pint glasses. She took that pint glass and she jammed it in her purse. <laughs> and we walked down the street and then she showed yeah. me. I'm like, there you go. That's that's a keeper. I love you. There you go. Dolan, what do you think about this one? I haven't tried it yet. Oh, let we'll me, try it. Let me get into it. This is, for me, a thousand percent better than the last one. Oh, boy. I, I absolutely agree with you. Hey, hit that again. One more time. Mm. Okay. Oh, I choked on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is way better. Strawberry and raspberry puree. I definitely get strawberry. Mm. I don't get as much raspberry, though. I love strawberry. Really? Oh, beer? Me too. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So the first year, I think it was the first year, I went to Mardi Gras. We went down there, and Abita is the local yes. brewery down there. And that oh, was before yeah. we got distribution here. Mm-hmm. And they make a beer called Strawberry Harvest. Yes, they do. It's like a lager or whatever. Mm. And it comes out every spring, and it it's very strawberry for me. At least right. it was then. Mm-hmm. This is when I was first getting into beer. Mm-hmm. And it was good. And we went, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Mardi Gras, but in New Orleans, a lot of times you got to buy a beer to use the bathroom. Yes. Well, so it's like a, a never-ending cycle of like, I have to get rid of beer, but I have to take a beer in. I've got to drink this beer so I can go pee out some beer, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay. So that was the beer we would drink. We'd get in there and we're like, ah, beat a strawberry, give it. Mm-hmm. We loved it. We loved it. We loved it. We went to the grocery store and we bought like eight cases of it <laughs> and brought it home with us. We drove it from Louisiana all the way back to here and all of me and my friends drank it and loved it. And every year I get a six pack when it first comes out just to see if it's changed or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The label's changed over time, but luckily the taste is pretty consistent. But that's what I think of when I think of strawberry beer. Mm, <laughs> that's, mm, it, this, is, this is great. I'm not a huge fan of clown shoes. I remember the other, just last week, we were at a uh, trivia contest together, yep. which we won, by the way. Yeah, we did. Thanks to Aaron Daly, I think that was. Atlas thugged. 
That was her name. Awesome. It's just awesome. Um, that was fun. And, and I admitted to you that I am not a fan of Clown Shoes yes. Space Cake. Yep. Their IPA. You said I'm just that. I'm not a fan of it at all. And I know that's probably an unpopular opinion. It just isn't for me. Yeah. I love this. This is good. The thing I like about Clown Shoes is that they make so many different kinds of beer, mm-hmm. so many different styles. And a lot of times they're one offs. So they have like a pumpkin beer right now that's like aged in bra- uh, apple brandy barrels, I think, or something like that. Weird. They have a bunch of different stouts and IPAs. They're always something new. They have a like a Wee Heavy that's really good, a Scotch yeah. Ale. Um, their bombers are reasonably priced. Here in Nebraska, they're like 12 bucks, mm-hmm. unless it's barrel aged, and it's like 17 or 18. I think they make good stouts. I, I will buy their stouts. If I see their stouts, and they're hardly ever on tap. You're not going to see a lot of clown shoes on tap. No. Uh, at least here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only been in Nebraska, I think, maybe three years. So, uh, friend of the show, Corey Anderson, oh, is yeah. a huge clown yeah, shoes fan. He likes that space cake. Huge. Uh, so, clown shoes, founded in 2009, located in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, 306 North Ave. They're in Boston. 7% on this one. Don't fear the blender. Hmm. Uh 60,000 check-ins on this one. That's a lot. That's a but lot. that shows how big their reach is, right? Yeah. That is a lot. I just get strawberry. I get a lot of strawberry. And I'm okay with that. No, it's true. The can art is unbelievable. It's just... It's That's another Reaper. thing about them is they have pretty good artwork. Their artwork is fantastic. Yeah. I think they did pretty good with the, the smoothie, smoothie taste because it, it does remind me of a certain smoothie that I get from... Smoothie King. Just up What's the in the Smoothie King smoothie that you like? <laughs> it's strawberries and vanilla. and That's probably yeah, what's in this exactly beer. I bet you there's beer. some vanilla in it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Unlike another strawberry beer here in, in Nebraska, in Omaha in particular, that is a summer. Uh, yeah. It's I, been different names, different places, but. Mm-hmm. Rhymes with smelly flop. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard it as, yeah, belly Th- flop. Doesn't that, I've heard it as don't flip they have, flop. Um, flip flop. A habanero in that one? Sometimes I do. They have a habanero version, yeah. Yeah, right. I Here's like the, that version, it, actually. It, uh, they just they don't <laughs> use enough strawberries. You and your spicy beer. Mm. Well, a lot of it depends on what you're putting in. You know, is it puree versus uh, like a, a flavoring? Mm-hmm. You know, puree is more expensive. It's a little bit thicker. It's going to change sure. the color of your beer. Like this one doesn't have any redness to it no. what you'd think if it was full of actual strawberries but there's almost a haziness to it a yeah little there bit. is so yeah you can't see through it hmm. Interesting. got some floaties they make good mm. beer i think I, i'm a fan but some people are they think they're too big now you're talking the one here in nebraska yeah, yeah. well or even this one or clown this one. shoes yeah oh, okay either way no i think there's you're absolutely right on the on the clown shoes. So we are four beers in, and there's some kids outside the recording studio, and mm. I waved at them, and Look I was like, "This is an interesting world I live in." They have no idea. No. <laughs> Here's they the can thing. only hope to work here someday. Yeah, this is great. And their dad looks like Shane from The Walking Dead. Look at him; he is Shane from The Walking Rick. Dead. Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Carl. Wow, Shane was a badass dude. Mm. I liked him. So badass. Remember when he killed that dude? He left him to die at the school. Well, yeah. And then he lied about it. He Otis'd him. Yeah. 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 That was great. Here's the thing. If if it were the zombie apocalypse, this is the thing I've thought through in my head. Mm. Let's say Dolan and I are alive in the zombie apocalypse, yeah. and we have to go and we have to do this mission or whatever. Uh-huh. I would totally Otis him to save my own life. I know you would. I would totally shoot I would, him. I would in do the that leg. to anybody. I feel like. <laughs> 
If you're not thinking that way, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And Shane was right. And I love Dolan like a, like a son. I, yeah. do. I really do. <laughs> but I would definitely shoot him in the leg to save myself. Yeah. <laughs> the zombies would eat him way before right. they ate me. Look, if there's a, a zombie apocalypse, I'm, yeah. I'm hitting up my farmer friends. Mm. I'm going out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I'm knowing where the food is. I'm knowing where the weapons are. Um, and then you get rid of your friends. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like I take it. over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I'm going to Matt Lawhorn's house in Broken Bow, Nebraska. Oh, he'd, he'd protect you, I feel like. I totally would. Yeah. Totally. It's a long drive. Until you do it. shoot him in the leg, just save your own life. Well, it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably save your life if you stuck with him a little longer than just shooting him in the leg. Honestly, I look at it this way. If it, it, was, if it was me or Matt Lawhorn... I think Matt Lawhorn would do more for the human race. <laughs> You're like, I'll take myself. <laughs> oh. he's I, a, I feel like he's a man's man. He would be, he would do good in the zombie apocalypse. He would. Definitely. He would. So, uh, interesting callback. Check this out. Cowbell. Oh, Down at the bottom. Cowbell on there. Just like the last mm, beer we drank. I wonder why it's on there. I don't know. Is there some sort of thing with like the Grim Reaper having a cowbell? I don't know. I don't maybe. For whom the bell tolls? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> so there's maybe a it's your time. A lot maybe. of skulls. Maybe it's one of those like bring out your dead situations. Oh, maybe. Yep. I don't know. Him holding the blender though. The Grim Reaper holding the blender is yeah. pretty fantastic. It is kind of cool. I like that artwork. That's yeah. that's that's good. I have a feeling good they pay spooky. their artist pretty well. Probably. Oh man, this is just this is such a great segue. Are yeah. we there? Are we ready? Are we? Okay, did we guess on the... Uh, we haven't 60, guessed this 60,000 check-ins on this. No, I don't think we have. 60,000 okay. check-ins. Mm. Three... Six. 3.76. 3.82. Ooh. Yep, close. so close. Close. We, okay, now, this could be unfair, because this is warmed up a little bit. This is summer ale, so... Yeah, we might have paid the price. Maybe. Uh, oh, watch out. Pour. Oh. Watch it. Pour it. Uh-oh. Pour it quick. Pour it quick. Ah! No. We almost had a spill. So here's a good thing. It's got carbs. It does. Oh, yeah. And I was oh worried my. because it's oh. a summer ale, right? It smells like Old Bay. It smells exactly like Old Bay. So, Oh, boy, that's scary. Yeah. I, oh boy. I love Old Bay. I love that Mary thought to send us this, too, because it is so strange that it's just, just off the wall. Well, we have to do it. Right. I mean, we're drinking pickle beers, for goodness sakes. Oh, no. <laughs> do you smell yes. that thing? Mm-hmm. Oh. Look at how much I have. All right, I'm going to hit this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this glass here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's a clean one there, too, if you want. Oh, hey, good thinking. So, uh, Dead Rise. It's called Dead Rise by by Flying Dog Brewery. Friend hey, there's our zombie tie-in. Oh, there Dead we go. Rise. Yeah. It's like we planned this. <laughs> kind of. You'd think we would you know, talk this through the... You know, I don't no, know. No, that would be too easy. Nah, that would be too easy. Uh, flying Dog Brewery, which has nationwide distribution. We get lots of Flying Dog here in Omaha. It's, we do? Oh, no, we get some, yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen this logo a lot. Huh. I bet we go up to the High V right now and we can find it. All Not right. this, but just in general we get Flying Dog. I don't dog. know. I feel like we can't get it. Maybe they can. So this is their summer ale. It's ma- it's it's made with Old Bay. And if you're not familiar with Old Bay, you use this in like crab bakes and you're gonna be familiar. Oh yeah, you're gonna be familiar in a minute. With five, Old Bay, five point five percent ABV, uh, located at four six zero seven Wedgewood in Frederick, Maryland. Flying Dog is the largest brewery in Maryland. Yeah, didn't know that. Right near Baltimore. Okay, Frederick is near there. So this is the beer this morning that I came to you and I was like, I'm, I'm having trouble with research because I have too much. There's too much information. I can do a whole show on this one brewery. This is the one. 
This is the and way. I left out the probably the most interesting part of the whole story. Okay. So we're gonna get into it here. Let me let me smell it. Let's first. we gotta try this first because this might be the Holy most smokes. unique beer we've ever had. That's not unique. I'm gonna wait to see what Dolan thinks. You know what? He's gonna like it. Uh, I don't know. It's like Well, he didn't not like it. Yeah. Like a Saison? I don't know. Oh, I love I see here's the thing, I love Old Bay. Yep. Is this Saison? I would drink that. It's not it's, bad. Like I'm expecting it to be You get the seasoning though. Yeah. But you also get a sweetness underneath it. Mm-hmm. Oh. It would have been better cold, I think. Like ice cold. Ice cold, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can oh you, you can get it. There yeah. it is. That's yeah. so weird. weird. Oh my gosh. Holy crow. Yeah. Who's so, who's the first to think about this? Because okay, Maryland, Old Bay, like that's that's just like salt there for them, right? Yeah. I mean you know, out yep. on the coast. Uh-huh. You gotta know that it was just a couple of locals at a bar and instead of putting salt in their beer, they're like, mm, I'm gonna put some Old, Old Bay. Bay. Like, seriously, you guys should brew a beer with Old Bay in it. No, we're not gonna do that. That's weird. No, seriously, you should do that. God, you okay, guys, we'll do I'm it. I'm telling you what. I have the answers. I know this. <laughs> I have this in oh. my research. <laughs> You ready to go down this rabbit hole? Hit us. another home this run. Crab, uh, this crab trap with mm. me. Mm. First off, their website is amazing. Yes, they have great quotes. I wrote down three quotes from the website. <laughs> they don't serve beer in prison, so drink responsibly. <laughs> that was at the bottom of the website. That was like underneath the fine print. I love that. Yeah, that's good advice. That's just good. That's just life advice. That's from the that that was just a statement, not a, tech, a technical quote. Okay. Um, and then the next one is actual quote, and it's it's good people drink good beer. I agree. Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. And then on their labels, for a while, it said, good beer, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> it said that on the labels? It said it on the labels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but guess what? Colorado, I think it was Colorado, didn't yeah. like that. What? And they, they said, you can't have that word on your alcoholic beverages. We, you have to take it off the shelf. We will not sell this here. So guess what? They sued them. Mm. First Amendment violation. This Ooh. brewery sued. Good for but them. But in the meantime, they tweaked the logo okay. and the label. And okay. it says, good beer, no censorship. That's what it says now. Fantastic. And that's on their website. Love it. So the more I dug into these guys, the more I loved them. Mm. Because I was like, okay, I've seen their beers online i've seen them in colorado i haven't seen them here i swear we get them here it's possible but the price point is also a little bit high for us sometimes Mm. for what we can get here so um i've had a few of their beers not very many and definitely not this one so this is the first one that day we were looking through the fridge and i pulled this one out this is the first beer i took okay this is like i know i want to research this one sure because to me that artwork is all about hunter s thompson Oh, without a doubt. And that's kind of where we're going. But he is the person I left out of the research because that was kind of too obvious, but also too much for a, we're we're pushing time on this one anyway. Sure. Um, I did research on Ralph Stedman. I don't know who that is. He is the illustrator. Oh. So when you see this style Mm -hmm. and you see it with a uh, Hunter S. Thompson article or book, Mm -hmm. He's the guy that did that. Okay. And he continues to make beer labels for these people. Um, Started in 95 was his first one. And he keeps going. 
So we're talking, what, 24 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Ralph Stedman, born in England, and he still lives there. 515 of 36. So he's 83, something like that. Okay. My math was close. Uh, He went to art school in the 60s in London, which was probably pretty awesome. And he was a freelance, I guess illustrator is the best term, for the Daily Telegraph, which was a big paper in London, uh, the New York Times, and Rolling Stone. When they first started coming out, um, his art was in Rolling Stone, usually paired with Hunter S. Thompson, who was one Mm -hmm. of the first uh, people who wrote articles for Rolling Stone. Hmm. He illustrated many articles and books of Hunter S. Thompson, most famously... Fear and Loathing mm. in Las Vegas. Yeah. So when you see that, that's what you think of. And that's who this is, Ralph Stedman. Um, he sold his original drawings and illustrations for, because that was an, originally an article in Rolling Stone, Fear and Loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, he sold those original drawings that he made for that to uh, Jan Stenner, the the founder of Rolling Stone magazine. He sold them for 75 bucks back in the day. $75 total. Yeah. Wow. That's and ridiculous. he was mad about it. Later, he was like, why the hell did I sell that? It's worth a lot more money. Um, and he never, from what I could tell, he never sold another piece again. He might give them away as gifts. Sure. But he never sold his art ever, ever, ever after that. So, so he was, just, oh, he was just super bitter about it. Yes. And he said, if you ever see one of these in private hands, it was stolen. Wow. That was his quote. And he's still around today. Ooh. So how did he get, how's he making beer labels, Right. Right. That was something I wanted to know because that artwork is undeniable and unmistakable. And I thought, I mean, honestly, I thought until maybe a couple years ago, I thought Hunter S. Thompson was the person that drew those pictures. That's what I would have thought, right? too. Right. Because for me, it's synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, he was friends with Hunter S. Thompson, and they worked together on Rolling Stone, especially in, I think it was in 72. There's a really cool documentary on Netflix about the history of Rolling Stone. And they talk about when Hunter S. Thompson was a political journalist for them, and he was on the campaign trail. So, like, Nick, the year Nixon was getting going up for re-election. Mm-hmm. So he went to all these uh, press conferences and did interviews and stuff, and he illustrated that article for Rolling Stone. So mm. that's kind of how they met. Hunter Thompson lived in one of the places he lived in was someplace small in Colorado in the mm. mountains. Mm-hmm. And one of his friends was a famous, like, scientist, uh, maybe astrophysicist, something like that. Um he climbed mountains, and he also liked beer. So okay. he had his own little brewery that he opened in like 88, 90, somewhere in there, okay. towards the end of Hunter's life. And uh, Hunter S. Thompson would go there and drink beer a lot. Um, and then he became friends with the people that initially originally founded this brewery, and then that went to like Baltimore area, basically, right? So Hunter's friends with this guy that opens this brewery in Baltimore, and he tells Ralph, hey, man, you got to do a couple of labels for their beers. They're just opening up. I'm going to give them a quote to use. Just do a couple illustrations. That'd be really, you know, really cool to have your, your work and my work on their beer labels. Sweet. Which is pretty, like, groundbreaking, really. I mean, those are, I don't know, 25 years almost now. And, I, and it's still the same. They haven't changed. Like, the logos have changed, the yeah. design have changed, but the illustrations are always different. It's the same person doing it for almost 30 years. Founded in 1990. So, yeah. yeah, it's going back to 1990 already. Yeah. So, we're talking, that's how old that stuff is. Um, the illustrator, Ralph, he he's most famous for this sort of stuff with Hunter S. Thompson, but he also did his own thing, too, and uh, illustrated, um, like, 
republished works, I guess, of like Alice in Wonderland, Treasure Island, um, a couple of those sort of things. And they were pretty popular and famous. He makes a lot of paintings, but his style is very similar all the time. So it's almost like he starts out Jackson Pollock at the mm-hmm. beginning, and he's got ink droplets or paint splatters, and then he kind of builds from there. Like, um, on, like on the label here. Like on that label. Hmm. So one of the things that he's kind of known for, he also really loves the First Amendment here in the United States, and uh, he pushes boundaries whenever he could with his art, and that matched up with the owner or CEO of the brewery. He's a big fan of the First Amendment too because he said – if you're going to make us change our beer labels, what's next? You're going to change the books. You're going to change everything that we watch and can and take in. And as adults, we should be able to choose what we want to choose, right? Okay. So he's a big proponent. So they met and they've can collaborated ever since. Hmm. Um, he designed their V logo. So you'll see it up there. Yep. And it's basically, they, they describe it as a butterfly or a bat from hell that's flown through and it has a kaleidoscope of colors. Sometimes you can see it online on the mm-hmm. wing. He designed, let's see, what was it? Um, oh yeah, that was in 95 where the logo came out. He made a uh, label for Road Dog Ale, Doggy Style Ale, Whoa. <laughs> um, Cardinal Zen, they made a wine for a while, oh. and then another one for Easy IPA. And all of those have been either taken off the shelves, sued, um, challenged in courts, different states, because they were either too adult themed mm. or had like they decided it was too vulgar for a beer label and he just keeps going. He doesn't care, he doesn't change, he just keeps pushing the boundaries. I like this guy. Which is why I liked more and more I learned about him the more I liked it. And I like the brewery too, because it'd be easy for them to just make it normal and, and like, you know, hit on the shelf and not worry about it. But they mm-hmm. feel like they're something they stand for and continue to fight these even until a couple years ago. Their IPA one was um, in England, their easy IPA, mm-hmm. and it had a cartoon of a picture of a guy that looked drunk. And they were like, well, this this shows kids that it's fun to be drunk. And I'm like, well, yeah, you live in England. You can drink when you're 18. So, right, exactly. yeah, get with it. <laughs> it is fun. Kind of uh, Just not when you're underage, of course, sure. kids. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, oh, another book that he did uh, illustrations for that was uh, popular, Animal Farm, and then Fahrenheit really? uh, 451. So there's... Versions of books that you can get that he did. He also did album covers. Mm. So he did some album covers for The Who, um, Slash, as it, like as recently as in the 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Zappa, and then this uh, brand called Ambrosia. That genius. was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Whenever you say Frank Zappa, genius. No. Wow. That's a different, genius. That's a different argument we can have. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Interesting. Um, what was the other thing I wrote down for it's him? It's like talking to Mike Spees about Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's interesting how we can do that, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that hmm. that's not everything, but that's what I have on that guy. <laughs> um, the other thing about that guy is he's in a documentary, and they did. I don't know if it was this year. It came out on my birthday, but I was this year or last year. It was like the anniversary of Hunter S. Thompson's death, maybe twenty five years, and this brewery made. Um, a three-liter bottle, so it's like a double magnum size bottle. Okay, and it came in a wooden box, and it's their Hunter S. Thompson. They have a porter that has his like skeleton on it, and it says like, "Okay, let's party." That's on the logo. Sweet. They make that all the time. 
But the barrel aged version, they don't make. They make it once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then this case, because it was a special edition and for his birthday anniversary or death anniversary or whatever, they made a bigger bottle. Came in a wooden box, and it was hand signed by the artist. Oh. And there was only a hundred bottles, I think. Okay. And they were five hundred bucks a piece, and all the money went to Hunter S. Thompson's charity uh, that his wife runs, which is more like. Uh, it's like an environmental charity in Colorado, and it's also like for political activism, basically mm-hmm. to change and keep conservation and stuff alive sure. in that area. So um, they basically gave up whatever that math equates to to just donate to the charity, and you could only buy that bottle in the brewery. So you had to go in there and buy it. Nice. I would love to get one. That'd be cool. I would have totally stood in line for that. So on their website, I, I was loving it because it was really good stuff, and mm-hmm. I was like, connecting kind of like what you usually do on the totally. website yes and I, like well i gotta i gotta look at the merchandise right it's christmas time <laughs> so i looked in there and there's a hat and i'm going to buy that hat oh. it has hunter s thompson's skull on it and it's a gray hat with a nice flat bill and it says like okay let's party yes and i'm like i need that i need that hat that's fantastic so that's what i got with this and then i'm gonna drink a little bit of it and then I'm going to hit you with the old bay knowledge that I have. So I am a hundred while you're drinking. I'm a hundred percent wrong. We, I, I swear I've seen this. I've seen no. it in Colorado. Yeah. You so I there. went to their distribution, and I spent a lot of time in Colorado. Anyway, my brother lives there. Right. We spent a lot of time in Estes Park. So that's where I've seen it. They have distribution in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Connecticut, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan. Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, and Wisconsin. No Iowa. No, no Nebraska. No yeah. Missouri. No Missouri. No Interesting. Iowa. No Nebraska. No, no Dakotas. No Wyoming. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's, that's no Kansas. Tell me the only border is Colorado then. Colorado. Yeah. That's where you got to go get that's it. it. And then at the bottom of the distribution list, it says, it's not DiGiorno, it's Drizzly. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I don't I think either. it's funny. Hmm. Oh, boy. Hmm. Okay, so you're right. If it had been cold, this would have been delicious. Mm-hmm. But I, I can absolutely, I could eat crab. I bet you this flavor comes out more. Oh. I bet it wouldn't have tasted like this cold. You know right. what I mean? Like we would have got the, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have got the spice hit. As a person who I just got back from Florida from a vacation just recently, uh, as a person who goes to any place coastal and mm-hmm. refuses to anything eat anything that walks on the ground, yeah, right. If we go to a restaurant, I will only eat something that comes out of the ocean. Yeah, that's my rule. I can imagine eating blue crab or you know any kind of crab with this. And it would be fantastic. See, I immediately go back to the Atlas Eats where our mm-hmm. traveler, Kim Lauder, mm-hmm. sent us some blue crab and from Maryland. That's and, a Maryland thing, man. Oh, yeah. man. It was... I just keep thinking about the Old Bay that came with that. Yes. Oh. So you know what? When I drink this, you know what I'm waiting for, like on the aftertaste? Hmm. Tomato flavor for some reason. Like to me, it, it almost feels like it needs to be some tomato yeah. And here's mm. why. Okay. Sometimes they use it, especially there, they use it as either a garnish or a spice in a Bloody Mary. Oh. So they'll either rim it on the glass or they'll actually just season it like you do sometimes with pepper mm-hmm. uh, in the glass, in the Bloody Mary itself. So to me, like that, it, I can see why that would make, make it nice compliment because I'm kind of waiting for it. That's absolutely there. Yeah, it could be. So here's what we got for Old Bay. Okay. Uh, not unlike KFC, it's a blend of 18 spices. Oh. And it's secret. 
Oh. And it was founded by the company that made this spice um, was founded by a guy named Gustav Brunn, B-R-U-N-N. Gustav. German dude. Okay. So when you think spices, you think Germany, right? Not, not me. Mm. Nah. Weird. But that's where it came from. Hmm. So he left Germany uh, beginning of World War II, 1939. He's like, peace, I'm out of here. This mm-hmm. bad stuff's going on. Sure. And he brings with him a tiny little spice grinder. So apparently he's in the spice game over there. Okay. And he shows up in the uh, Baltimore area. Well, guess what? Crabs and shrimp and that sort of stuff. That's not happening in Germany. But it is where he's there. Mm-hmm. He's like, ooh, this is great. And he comes up with this combination. And he has it from, ni- his, his company has it from 1939 to 1990. They own the recipe and the company that makes it. Um, originally, it was called, I wrote this down because it was crazy, Delicious Brand Shrimp and Crab Seasoning. That didn't stick. <laughs> Delicious but, Brand. But Old Bay did. Okay. And Old Bay is the name of a, I guess you'd call it a freight liner. It was a boat that took people, so almost like a boat taxi. They were taken from Baltimore down to like Fairfax, Norfolk, Virginia, back and forth. So it was like a, not necessarily for vacation, but just... To commute, a faster way to commute from state to state, and that was called the Old Bay Line. So not unlike train lines, uh, the ships down there had line names too, and that Mm -hmm. was the Old Bay, which was the one that would have serviced that area where he was from, Hmm. so that took the name from that. Um, Old Bay is used in these sort of things, beer, which we're drinking right now. They have Old Bay flavored ice cream. There's Old Bay flavored chips. Um, this sounds amazing. Old Bay flavored cheese curls. So like Ooh, a Cheeto yeah. with Old Bay flavor. I would eat that. Me too. They eat Bloody Mary, you could buy it pre-mixed with it in there. Mm. And then um, popcorn. Like in movie theaters, I guess in this area, it's just one of the condiments at the movie theater. It's like a big old <laughs> thing of Old Bay. Um they changed it from what you used to see was a metal container, like almost like paprika, if you're ever familiar with that. Yes. Old Bay was in a metal container until 2017, and then it switched to plastic. To, they wanted to cut down on shipping costs when you mm. send it out. Okay. Um, I don't know that you can... I th- can you buy it here? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of different flavors. Um, I used last night, actually, Old Bay blackening seasoning mm. on some burgers I made okay. last night. So that's kind of around 1990 is when McCormick Spice Company bought them up. And then they did some tweaks to not the recipe, but just like the box, the packaging and stuff only a couple years ago. So mm. it's pretty much been untouched for 90 years, mm. I guess. 80 years. I guess we're going on 80 years now. Wow. Holy cow. Um, the brewery... Be- did this beer because in 2014 was the 75th anniversary of the spice. And it's just Maryland. Like when people talk about Maryland or you're from there or whatever, the culinary thing, Mm -hmm. old Bay is a part of that. So they said, well, what can we do to like a make a little money capitalize, but also like, you know, show off our state history. And this was the beer they came up with. And it was so popular that they've continued to make it now for, this is the fifth year they made it. So I guess we're going on uh, 80th year. Which I just did the math backwards. It would have been easier to read my notes. Yep. But that's what I got. Old Bay. That's made by a German dude. And I, I, I like and I can tell you Old Bay is, is here in Omaha because I always, always have Old Bay in my hmm. in my pantry right there. Like like that's the thing. You ever what do you use it for? Anything that if I do shrimp, if I do in any kind of seafood whatsoever. Okay. Like I would use You stay to the seafood? Um yeah, generally. They say um it's good on popcorn. Oh. I would try that. I think it would be good in a red beer. If you if you like a red beer, mm-hmm. I bet you it would probably be pretty good in probably that. Probably good. Um, I don't know. I use I love their blackening seasoning. I bought it a few times. 
So mm-hmm. anytime I'm grilling, if I want like a cake, not necessarily Cajun spice because it's not spicy, but you get mm-hmm. that that texture and that look. Yep. Yeah, I, I I love Obey. This is way more interesting. I was scared of this at first, and it. It's, I thought it was going to be salty, like a goza. Almost. I thought so too. And I'm glad it's not. Mm-mm. But right. it almost wouldn't be bad with a little in there too. No, I think especially as a summer ale, you almost kind of want that because you're sweating. Yeah. You know that you, you need to replenish that. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely light. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't feel everything we've drank today really has been light. I don't. I mean, we went Nothing through real five. Heavy. I don't yeah. feel like we did that, but yeah. So yeah, that was that's what I did for a research today. Oh, the other thing that was interesting with this Old Bay, the way it kind of crept its way across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Subway Sandwich Company, owned by Doctors Incorporated, was like an early mm-hmm. adapter. So when they started out, they used to have like a seafood salad sandwich oh. or a crab salad sandwich, uh-huh. and that was used in their flavoring and seasoning. So a lot of people that otherwise, up and until like the seventies, you couldn't get it anywhere outside of Maryland. Uh-huh. But then it's they were one of the first like big clients or customers, and that's kind of what spread it across the United States. Hmm. And so if you ever went to Subway and had a sandwich that was like that, mm-hmm. that's how you first had Old Bay. Interesting. I can't say as I ever no. Yeah. That was one of my friend. My friend Daryl Rivers was like he loved the seafood salad sandwich. We would not eat our lunch. We would save our lunch money that our parents would give us, mm-hmm. especially uh, in junior high. So it's been about ninety one, ninety two. And then if it was wintertime like now, we would either take that money and go down and buy ice fishing poles, or if we were hungry, we would go to the subway across the street from the fishing store, and uh, he would get one of those sandwiches. Mm. He would do that all the time. So mm. that's probably the first time I ever came across it, 1991, mm. Lincoln, Nebraska, subway mm. sandwich. So 54,000 check-ins on untapped for this one, which doesn't surprise me whatsoever. That's a lot. It is a lot. Is that the biggest today? It is the biggest today. That's yeah. weird. Out that of it's all a of them. summer seasonal with mm-hmm. Old Bay seasoning is the biggest <laughs> drink beer. Yeah. It, it, it in in hmm. in perspective though, if other beers yeah. we drank like that's not that's not a lot. But no, I mean it's it, there are others. But it's we, more than La Brea, twenty or whatever you mm-hmm. said. Yeah, and more than Clown Shoes, I think is interesting too. Yeah. So fifty four thousand check ins. What do you think? I don't know. This is tough because it's, it's so a, different. It's so it's different. super different. But if you're from there, then you're, you're probably like, love yeah, it. I love this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's going to skew high. Mm. I'm going to say 4.19. I'm going to say 3.8. You'd be surprised. 4.45. Wow. So not very high. 4.45. Right. Out of five. Out of, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. 3.45. Okay. Oh, I like, Holy did I say shit. four? Did I say four? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, not very high. I about fell out of my chair. That yeah. was like the highest rated beer we've had. No. 3.45. I apologize. Three. I mean, if you're if you're not from there, I could see that too. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm-hmm. what is this? This is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a weird thing. And if you don't like Old Bay, like my wife does not like Old... She doesn't like seafood. She doesn't like Old Bay. Mm. Like, that's not her jam at all. So when you go to the restaurant on vacation, you're mm-hmm. you're getting shrimp and scallops. What is she getting? Um, chicken. Chicken, hamburger, whatever. Yeah. It's this, the standard fare. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, man. I love seafood. But she has acknowledged, like, there was a place that we went... Uh, one of the first nights that we were there on vacation, they had scallops. I'm like, here... And I cut a piece off where I'm like... Just try it. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing fishy about this. Like, the scallops we get here in, in the Midwest are... A little sketch they, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like, this is nothing. This is delicious. Like, this yeah. is... And she acknowledged, okay, I wouldn't order this. However, this does taste different than anything I've ever had before. Do you remember the first time you had, like, actual... Mm. Or not even actual, but just seafood? Mm-hmm. 
You do? What? Where yeah. was it? It was. It was on the East Coast. It was in Florida, mm. and it was. Uh, it was magical. Dolan, I, I grew up eating it. I. Mm. I mean, octopus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, That's a cultural thing, though. My mom used to make the seafood soup, and it mm-hmm. had fish, clams, shrimp, octopus. Or it wasn't octopus in the soup. It was squid. Squid. And, oh, my gosh. Like, when she made it, I was so ready every time. So, wow. I mean, I've had it since, since huh. uh, probably before I could remember. Yeah. Yeah. The first time that you have calamari that doesn't have the texture of a rubber band, uh-huh. you're like, this is it. Give me this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Had some this year in D.C. Mm. that was really good. Oh, yeah. First time I ever had seafood, quote unquote seafood, was in fifth grade. It was 1990, and I was in Kansas City. I was staying at the Holiday. It was called the Holodome back then. The Holodome, yeah. And I was with my friend Daryl and his family. It was Easter break, and uh, we went down there. And that was the year I bought my Simpsons t-shirt that my mom said I couldn't, and I did. Yes. Well, when we stayed at the hotel, one of the things they had uh, was fried shrimp. Mm. And I'd never had it. Like, they don't have fried shrimp on the farm, <laughs> right? Like, and we would maybe go to Red Lobster once a year when, the, when my grandpa's crops would come in, and he had a bunch of money. Oh, we'd go yeah. to Red Lobster in Lincoln. That was a big deal. So his parents were like, yeah, just go ahead and get it. I remember being like six ninety nine for the kids portion of fried shrimp. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's a lot. That's expensive. Uh, especially if I don't like it. And I ate it, and I think I had it like six, probably six times out of the four days we were there. <laughs> six meals, I had fried shrimp, and I've never looked back. Love it. So mm. when I think of that, I think of the Holodome in Kansas City. Was the Holodome the place where they had that... Uh, they had a huge indoor putt-putt yes. in an arcade. Uh-huh. And it was down by the Looney Tunes Museum, which mm. I think is still in I think Kansas it's still City. There. I think it's still there. Kind of around uh, where the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is in that same section of town. Which, if you are on a contract in Kansas City and you've never been to the Negro Baseball mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, it is unbelievable. I've never been. I want to go. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. If, and if you love baseball, even if you just like baseball a little bit, yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh, it's fantastic. I feel like we should put a put a pin in this mm-hmm. and maybe do uh, maybe a daily where mm. we get ready for baseball season. If we can't swing Arizona, maybe we should swing down there and do a little tour and take some video. I'd love to. Do I that. would love to get there. I've never been, and I would love to go. We uh, thinking ahead to February already. Pitchers and catchers report at the end, and we have a baseball themed beer. Coming up, so can't wait. 2020 is going to be awesome. I can't wait. There's going to be some fun beers coming up this year. Please continue to, no matter how many beers yeah. we may have in the beer fridge, please continue. We'll make to room. Don't worry. Bring Sandy. Absolutely. Whatever you want to, what, however you get them to us, please continue to do so. This has been yeah. a huge success. Um, and and this had, was fun. It was like a grab bag. It of, was of stuff, and I on purpose, didn't do any looking at what kinds of beers. I just looked at the brewery. Mm. So I didn't know really what we were getting into other than that crab boil beer. Yeah. We've had so much fun doing these for however many episodes mm-hmm. so far, over a year uh, so far, and only more to come Yeah, here in 2020. So More slurps from Dolan. Can't wait. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, and we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's fill up the fridge. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>